tell you, there was a time that Dee and I, uh, we, we pastored another church and, and I heard the door to the church open and I, I heard people coming in and what it was, it was our intercessory uh, prayer group. And they were coming in on the, in the evening and uh, I just shut my computer down and so I began to walk into the sanctuary of the church and as I walked in, I was met with, with an aroma. Now, I wanted, now, I'm saying that to say this, and what it was, it was from the people praying, all right? Um, and one person was over here on their knees, and they were crying out before God, and another person's over on the other side of the church, they were waving a banner. Uh, there was a, a, another church, uh, another church, another person in another part, they were just on their face before God, and when I walked in the room, it was such a smell. It was an aroma. Now, next week, you're going to hear a word about this that actually came, well, no, come up here. Just give me about two seconds. I want to, this is what, she, she had no idea I was going to relate that story to you, but this is what God said to her today uh, during worship. During the worship, uh, he was giving me a vision of the prayers of the saints going up in the censers, and the prayer of faith had an aroma that was going up, feeding into the river of life, which was feeding into the roots to the tree of life that was yielding the prayers of the saints and the healings. So, when, when I was talking about prayer in, 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 in my message, she comes up to me because I knew I was going to relate that story. She said, God talked to me about prayer being an aroma that's lifting up into heaven, and, and I thought, God's trying to tell Harvest something today. And, and, and folks, this shouldn't be an unusual event. What? And, and the thing about it is, is we've brought ourselves to the point where these are fantastical stories that only people on huge platforms get to tell. And this only happens to so-and-so because they're so in touch with God. Or this happened to so-and-so because they're so in touch with God. No, you are the body of Christ. God lives within you. They are no more special to God than you are. Mm. Somebody here needs to know what I'm talking about. And God is calling, the thing about it is, and, and this is, brings me to today's message, is what we have done in the church is we have begun to focus on visitations and forgotten that we are the habitation of God. We focus on visit. Oh, come God. And we think, oh, somebody got excited in church and raised their hand. Somebody came up to the altar to pray. Somebody did this and somebody, oh, well, God just blessed them today. God sure was in the house today. He's always in the house. He walks in my house when I walk in. Everywhere I go, he drives down the road with me. He gets, I'm the body of Christ. I am the house of God. I am this representation of God. I, I, we've got to quit waiting on God to visit the church and we've got to start be, being the church. We've got to realize that God is in us. And so the focus is, and this is my challenge to you today, is we have to stop focusing on visitation. And we have to develop a focus on habitation. 
Now, what's the difference there? Well, the difference is this. Visitation is this. Visitation is the appearance of the divine. It's when he shows up and, and that happens. I could tell you a story of angels manifesting in, 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 in front of D and I before, way before Sydney was born. And, and, and especially one night that stands out is we were sitting there and we, were, we had been praying and we had been praying because of a manifestation of a demonic attack that actually physically attacked D and then jumped on me and you could, I mean, I'm talking, you can see this one. And as we began to pray, everything, and we took the authority, everything in that room left because when we began to look, began built in front of us, began to manifest an angel that was standing in the room and he was humped over like this because he couldn't fit. Oh, I don't believe that. That's, a, that's because you're worried about visitation. And what happened is there were all these sparks that began to fly in the air. And I'm like, what in the world, God, is going on? Then he began to show me it was actually warfare that was happening. Three years later, Sydney's born. And when she's two or three, she had always come through the house. Said, what were you doing? She's going, what are you doing? She said, it's the bad guys fight the angels. There's sparks all over. Why is this weird? Why, you, why do we look at stories like this, like, like uh, Brother Hagin used to say, like a cow looking at a new gate? All right. Well, that same night, when these angels decided to manifest in the room with Dee and I, we had just bought a house. She was living in it. I wasn't because we wasn't married yet. And uh, there was a room that we hadn't gotten ready yet. The door was closed. There was no curtains in that room. And we began to walk through the house because all of a sudden there was a cloud in the house. Up to, it looked like somebody turned on a fog machine. And, and, and under the door of the other room, Lana, the street light was coming in. And you could see feet and their shadow because, you know, he got the crack under the door just walking back and forth. It's because we began to put, you realize angels, the word says that angels are ministering spirits. And they are sent to minister for you and to you. Our problem is we have forgotten that we even have authority in heaven. Come on. Whatever you bind on earth, whatever you loose on earth, see, your authority even carries past this life and into, into that one. But the problem is we have focused on this. We want, the, uh, we want the divine to appear. If he shows up or an angel shows up, we're like, oh, wow. <laughs> but our problem is Visitations end. If I come to your house and I visit you, there's a time when I'm going to have to get up and come home. Because you're probably not going to give me a bed. 
See, that's the problem with the church. We've waited on visitations. The problem is visitation ends. Our focus needs to be, and I'm challenging you today, to shift your focus to the habitation realm of God. Where we understand that habitation is a place of abode. It is a settled dwelling place. You are the habitation of God. He is settled in you. He is settled as an everlasting abiding place in your life. And you don't have to worry about visitation of God when you understand that you are inhabited by God. Are you with me? I don't know if I like all that supernatural stuff. You ain't going to like heaven. I'll tell you how far off we've become. How many of you have ever really studied angels in the Bible? Have you studied angels? Have you read the one where the angel is covered in eyes and his wings are covered in eyeballs? Now our problem is, today's church would look at that and swear it's a demon. Because we've lost the idea that we inhabit God and God inhabits us and the supernatural is part of who you are forever well I don't want to see all that weird stuff I don't want to be labeled one of those yeah but have you ever noticed those of us who are labeled as one of those are the very people that people call when they want prayer They want, oh, that, that, let me tell you, they're weird. But if you want prayer answered, <laughs> call them. I've got people right now that, <laughs> they will tell you, they, 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 they said, they, they've already told their, their family, if I'm to the point where I need prayer, I only, just call Brent, don't call anybody else. I'm like, why? It's not, I'm nobody special. But we, see, it's because people focus on visitation. And our focus needs to be habitation. Go to John chapter 17. I've got to fly through these. I don't want to keep you here all morning, afternoon. I may pick it up tomorrow. But I need to get some of this stuff out because it's time for the supernatural to return to the church. And I'm not talking a little supernatural. I'm talking it is time to, for things to be released that have not been seen in years. John chapter uh, 17, Jesus says, my prayer is not for them alone, I am also, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So where's the Father? In Jesus. Where's Jesus? He's in the Father. And look at the rest of it. May they be also in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. So if we're in them and they're in us, why in the world are we praying for visitations from God when we are the habitation of God? 
God, come and do something, come and do something, come and do something. He said, hey, I'm already here. I'm in you. Let's get up and do it. Let's quit praying about it. Let's quit asking about it. Let's quit wondering about it. Let's quit all this stuff. And let's just go be the God of the universe that you're called to be. Hmm. That all of them may be one, just as you are one. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe. Verse 22, I have given them the same glory you gave me. Well, I just want to see the glory of God. Look in the mirror. Come on. I can't believe you'd say that. I can't believe you wouldn't. Jesus said, I have given them the same glory that you gave. You want to see the glory. You're in the presence of the glory of God when you woke up in the morning. And if you woke up in a bed alone, you were still in the presence of God. It can't get away from you. He is in you. The glory of God is in you. You carry the same glory that Jesus himself carried. It's time to believe this about yourself. Oh, that they may be one as we are one. Now look, I love verse 23. I in them and you in me. Now in a couple chapters earlier, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He would be with you forever. So if the Holy Spirit's with you, like Jesus says in John 14 and 15, and now we see that the Father and the Son both are in us, According to what Jesus is saying, how can we ever not expect the supernatural to happen around us at all times when the very Trinity of God resides in you? Mm. Yeah, but God's in his heaven. That's the cool thing about God. He can be everywhere. (laughs) He's in his heaven sitting on a throne and his throne actually is in your heart. I want to see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is in you. We're always looking out because we want a visitation from God and we are not convinced that we are the habitation of God. Are are you with me? (laughs) Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. No, not Romans 10. Romans 8 verse 10, sorry. Now Christ lives his life in you. You even think that's not you. When are we going to realize it's not even our life we're living? That's why I love Lynn Spinks. What's he say all the time? You think that's air you're breathing? You think that's your life you're living? Jesus now living his life through you and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God do you know why we're looking for visitation and not habitation because when we understand that we are that that he inhabits us then you have to face the fact that he sees all the junk see if i lived in your house eventually i would get to find what's under your bed eventually i would find your junk drawer 
or all the little things you thought you've hidden away. Why? Because it's my house too now. I live there. But if I'm only visiting, I'm not one of these people that goes into your, 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 your washroom and opens your medicine cabinet. That's just not me. You might be that person, I don't know. I'm not. Except at Idris' house. No, I'm joking. But here's the thing. But if I lived there, then that's my medicine cabinet too. And I have a right to everything in it. And I have a right to look at it and say, this thing's a mess. It needs straightened up. Which is what Marge was talking about earlier. See, when this is why we look for visitation. Because visitation, he can come in. He can make us feel good. We can enjoy our time together. But there's no real cleanup. You ever had somebody come, hey, I'm going to stop by. And they do a real fast, you run through the house and you do a real fast cleanup. And you make it presentable enough. Grandma's taking care of it. <laughs> and Grandpa, so. But we make it presentable enough for them to come. Why? Because it's only a visit. But what would we really become? What would we really do about the things in our life when we realize that this is a habitation? That what in my life needs to be removed? Oof. What in my life needs to be repented of that maybe it's the thing that's causing me to become separate from God and I've become more aware of myself has he already forgiven me that's the awesome thing about God yeah he's already forgiven it but that doesn't change my responsibility in it right verse 11 yes God raised Jesus to life and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes in you first Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 I'm just going to I'm going to get through some of these I ain't go, I'm going to tell you right now I'm not going to get through it all have you forgotten that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. So now you see this. The Father lives in us, Jesus the Son lives in us, and the Holy Spirit lives in us. You are the house of the Trinity of God. So why should the supernatural be strange to the body of God? Come on. Have you forgotten that you're the body, the temple, the living of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and that you are not the owner of your own body? Huh. This is Philip's translation. You have been bought and at what a price. Therefore bring glory to God both in your body and your spirit for they both belong to him. See, this is given, we, we don't really know this about ourselves. We think, well, I've, I've got everything covered. I'm good. It's just me. And, you know, God's this little side piece that I put in. No. The moment you accepted the salvation that he freely gave and that he has freely offered you, what happens is, is you should become aware of the fact that now he owns both your spirit and your body. We are habitations. 
What happens when, when this becomes, what happens when habitation becomes our focus? What happens when habitation becomes our focus? Psalms 4, 27 verse 4 from the Passion Translation says this, said here is, David says, here's the one thing I crave from God. The one thing I seek above all else. Now you got to understand, David wrote this as his tabernacle was being built. He didn't feel like he had a place to go worship. And this is what he, he wrote as his tabernacle was being built. He said, I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house. Finding the sweet loveliness of his face filled with awe. Delighting in his glory and his grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. The difference between David and us, Jesus brought us in. Now we are the complete temple of God. David was hoping for a tabernacle to worship in. God made you a temple he resides in. We're worried about coming to church. And he's trying to let you get us to understand you are the church. You are the temple. You are the inhabitation of God. David's looking forward to something that you and I now have the, the knowledge and the understanding after some of this teaching of who we actually are. So why should the supernatural be weird to us? So here's some, here, I'm going to give you two or three things that happen. When we begin to develop a focus on habitation, folks, we have to develop a focus on habitation. Quit looking for a visitation from God. The first thing is church cannot be the same. If, if, if all of us would actually realize that we are the habitation of God, then our gatherings as we come together cannot be the same. They won't be the same. Haggai chapter 2 verse 6 the voice says, you once, yet once more, I will shake. See, Marge, you didn't even know I was, this scripture was coming out today. <laughs> yet once more, I will shake what? Not only the earth, but the heavens. The sea and the land. So, so far, you've had two words that's come forth. That's directly from these scriptures, or, or directly from a scripture and a, 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 an incident. You, you understand the supernatural is already happening right here. I will rattle all the nations. Now here's something else you probably didn't catch. I want to tell you how, how God does this. Did anybody hear the song that Ron was playing through the break? It was a song called Rattle. I hadn't seen Ron at all this week till today. I hadn't talked to Shirley. I hadn't talked to, well, I did talk to Marge, and Marge says, I've got a word I need to give a Sunday morning, and she just told me she was going to give it. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, God's doing something right here. I don't, don't look at this and, 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 and not catch it. It may not be this shaky word, but there's something huge happening right now. We get caught up on visitations. 
This is an unveiling. He said, I will rattle all the nations and all that is valuable in the eyes of the world will be willingly brought to my house. I will see to it that it is filled to the brim with my glory. Well, why is it filled to the brim with your glory? Look to your left, look to your right, look in front of you, look behind you. Because you're here. We think, well, he's going to come down and we're going to... No. Oh. You see, all the silver and all the gold in the world already belong to me. You're worried about a cashless system. You're worried because there's a coin shortage? Not with him, there's not. It all belongs to him. And when you realize you're the habitation of God, who cares what else goes on? Come on. You will stand by, verse 9, <coughs> excuse me, you will stand by and watch as the magnificence of this new house will eclipse the magnificence of my first house. And this new house, I will, and in this new house, I will give you peace. So says the eternal, the commander of the heavenly armies. In this house. Well, where, where's the new house of God? Touch yourself. This is the new house of God. He says, I will shake and I will bring the riches of, of the earth to my house. Come on. You are the house. We've already seen the Father lives in you. Jesus lives in you. Holy Spirit lives in you. You are the house. So the silver and the gold comes to the house. <laughs> and what's the house do? It brings it to the gathering. I'm not going to get into that right now. Y'all understand what I'm saying here? This is habitation teaching here. I told you this is not stuff I normally teach, but, but the Lord's really been dealing with me about some stuff. Second, first Kings, now I'm talking about the church will never, never be the same. Why will the church never be the same? Because we're going to realize we're the church and this is just the gathering place of the church. This is not the church. This is the gathering place of the church. Listen, if we didn't, if we close this down tomorrow, they could sell it for a bar. And it, well, that's sacrilegious. No, it's not. It's bricks, wood, and stone. There's nothing holy about this place, but there's all kinds of holy in this place. You're the house. He's going to bring the silver, the gold into the house. Oh, glory! First Kings chapter eight, verse ten. And when the priest departed the most holy place, a cloud filled the eternal's temple. Well, where's the eternal's temple now? Chew. I was preaching in a church one time in a little tiny church in West Virginia. They actually have a nice, beautiful building one time because God allowed me to prophesy that they were going to, what land they were going to buy and where they were going to build. But I was preaching in a church one time, and it was a denomination that doesn't believe in a lot of this stuff and we were having a huge service a demon had already manifested in this service 
ripped his wife's clothes off as she tried to come up to the altar. I mean, crazy stuff. Crazy. Natural, right? So I'm standing and preaching, and I'm watching this little deacon in the back, Steve. He's had about all he can take. And so he gets up and he's easing his way along the wall because everybody's out here dancing and they're twirling and they're shouting and they're acting like they don't normally act in church and they're doing all this crazy stuff that that denomination doesn't normally do. And they're dancing and they're doing all... And, 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 and we got people of this denomination, they're, they're starting to spurt out and speak in tongues and doing all this stuff. And, and I'm watching him creep. I'm like, oh, he's going to try to shut this down. And he gets up front to beside the pastor... And when he leans over to the pastor's ear and begins to whisper in his ear, all of a sudden the pastor jumps to his feet like somebody put a cattle prod to his backside. He jumps up and he takes off shouting, speaking in tongues and dancing all the way across the stage. I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't know what he said to him. He said, it wasn't anything he said. I didn't hear what he said. He said, when you walked around the podium, there was a cloud about the height of your knees and everywhere you took. He said, and when he, you got close to me, the cloud spun off of you and got onto me and I couldn't think of anything else to do. This is natural. You're the temple. The cloud fills the, the temple. All right, keep going. And the cloud was so powerful that the priest could not remain standing to serve. His glory filled the temple. Have you forgotten that your body is the temple? It should be hard for you to even function on a daily basis. You're so wrecked. <laughs> you do realize you're always drunk in the spirit anyhow, right? You can't help but be. You drink from that fountain. It's a fountain that lives in you. That water lives in you. We should come, become so comfortable in the spirit of God that it almost makes it hard for us to stand to work. And then when we put this much glory together in one building, church should never look the same. Why? Because we're not focusing on a visitation of God. We understand we are the habitation of God. Second Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians, sorry. Not Corinthians, Chronicles, Second Chronicles. I glanced at my notes as I walked by. Second Chronicles chapter 5. And all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Haman, Jejuthun, and their, son, their sons and their relatives were wearing fine linen, standing in the east of the altar, playing cymbals, harps, and lyres, along with the priests blowing 120 trumpets. And in unison, the musicians and singers with trumpets and cymbals and instruments praised and glorified the eternal, saying, He is good, His loyal love will continue forever. And at the sound of the music, the eternal's temple was filled with a cloud. 
the glory of God. Praise and worship should mess you up. Well, they just didn't play my, any songs I like today. It's not about your preference. It's about when music starts, it rises up in you. And the cloud, we're wanting God to fill the temple. He said, I'm trying to fill you up with the cloud. If you'll realize, you are the glory. Verse 14. Look what the glory cloud did. It prevented the priest from continuing to minister to the eternal. You should be so wiped out that Ron just says, let's just quit here. We can't even do our job. This bunch of wiped out, whacked out. <laughs> drunk monkeys of God. They ain't listen to us anyhow. They shouldn't have to. This is not cheerleader time. It's not there to pump you up. Some of y'all remember that. Some of you won't. But the priest, it filled the temple. You're the temple now. So when all the music starts, it should just, oh, I've been waiting for this. Why, do you like this song? I don't even know what they're singing. I don't even care what they're singing. I don't really even hear what they're singing. But that is bringing something up out of me. I feel the cloud rising up in me. I don't care what they sing. You can sing Yankee Doodle for all I care. It just brings the glory. It prevented the priest from continuing to minister to the eternal. The descent of the glory of God filled the house. So not only will church never be the same, our earth and communities will never be the same. Our earth and communities will never be the same. Psalm 72. Hang with me just a minute more. We're right there. Psalm 72, verse 18. Blessed God, Israel's God, the one and only wonder-working God, Blessed always his blazing glory. All earth. All earth. All earth. Brims with his glory. If we understand that it's all one big habitation of God. Does that mean everybody's walking like it? Didn't say that. That mean everybody's enjoying it? Didn't say that either. But all earth. Now, if you're reading that out of King James Version, it says, I think it says, may his glory fill the earth or let his, the earth be filled with his glory. The problem is that word may or let, whichever one King James Version uses, because there's multiple, actually does not have an English translation. And because they put something in there that doesn't have an English translation and they couldn't figure out how to, change, how, to, how to translate it, they added the word let. Like we're going to just, okay, God, we give you permission. Or we pray, may the earth be filled with your glory. That's why I love how the message translates it. They don't put it in there because they didn't know what it really meant anyhow, so they left it out. It says all the earth is filled with his glory. 
See, when we understand that we are the habitation of God and we can begin to tell others that they are the habitation of God and they are not having to try to work themselves into a relationship with God that they've already been brought into. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw how many men to me? He was lifted up. So all men have already been drawn in. You, are you with me? Well, why aren't you acting like it? I don't know. That's why we have evangelism. That's why we have happy evangelism. Because I'm happy to tell them the good news. <laughs> All earth brims with his glory. All we have to do is get them to accept what's already theirs. Accept. How hard is that? I don't go out there to his Jeep and say, hey man, I'm going to give you that Jeep. It's your Jeep. Enjoy it when you want. Have fun with it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Folks, we just, we have to give the good news. And then it's up to them to accept that or not. Amen? Our problem is, we're waiting on a visitation, except understanding we're a habitation. Y'all go for quiet today. Isaiah 61. No, Isaiah 6, verse 1. <laughs> See what happens when you catch it out of the corner of your eye? Isaiah 6, verse 1. The same year... That King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord sitting on his grand throne, way up high in a flowing cape that filled the whole temple. Now we already looked in the first verse, where's the temple of God now? So now he's sitting on the throne where? Way up high and his train is filling the... Which you are. Hmm. Bright flaming creatures waited him. Each had six wings. Again, I believe if most of us saw a real angel, we would call it a demon. That can't be an angel. Look at that thing. It's got six wings. With its face, it's covered. It's, with two of them, it covers its face. With two of them, it's covering its feet, and it's using the other two to fly. And all they do is circle the throne. Well, I like verse 3. Like some fiery choir, they would call back and forth. They would yell back and forth to each other continually. Holy, holy, holy. Ron didn't know what I was preaching today. I'm telling you, this is all acted out in front of you today. Holy, holy, holy is the eternal, the commander of heavenly armies. The earth is filled with his glorious presence. The earth, not going to be filled, is filled with his glorious presence. Angels can see that the glory of the Lord. So the church will never look the same if we get this idea of habitation. 
And we understand that we're the habitation. We're not looking for a visitation. Our earth will never be the same when, it, when the focus of habitation comes. You'll never be the same when this focus of habitation comes. I'm going to end you with two sets of scriptures. First is Joel chapter 2, verse 28. You, now, everybody knows that the old covenant is a type and shadow of what's to come, right? Jesus made all this stuff real. He made you the temple. Joel chapter 2, verse 28, And then in those days I will pour out my spirit to all humanity. Your children will boldly and prophetically speak the word of God. Your elders will dream dreams. See, weird dreams should be commonplace. Your young warriors will see visions. You should be seeing visions. We should be hearing dreams. Elders, like Jim Johnson back there, should be bringing us the dreams that God's given him. You young adults in here, and all of us in the middle who still consider ourselves young, whether we are or not, we're lucky. We get the dream and vision. We should be hearing your visions. You should be seeing things. You should be hearing what God has to say. He says, not just a visit from God. This is a habitation of God. He said, your young warriors will see visions. No one will be left out. In those days, I will offer my spirit to all servants, both male and female. And when it's offered, it's up to them to accept that reality. But he made it there. Go ahead and answer it. We'll prophesy to him. Well... <laughs> I want to leave you with my favorite scriptures because you won't be the same. I know we're not running and jumping and shouting and there's things that's absolutely been said here that's making you scratch your head right now and I understand that. And that's okay. It should. But we, as Harvest Christian Fellowship, need to stop waiting on a visitation of God. And we need to understand that we are the habitation of God. He lives in you. The fullness of the Trinity resides in you. Mm. Some, of favorite, some of my favorite scriptures, I've got more. So it's like saying, you know. But some that I go back to all the time. I want to leave you with this one. Psalms 126. Starting in verse 1, and I'm reading out of the Passion. It says, it was like a dream. That's what life should be like to us. This is like a dream. You know, in my dream, I can fly. You may hear flying dreams. I love flying dreams. He says here, he said, it was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. He has freed us from our bondage. It should be like we're living in a dream. And in dream, fantastical things happen. In a, in a dream, the unusual, you don't question why you're flying in your dream. You just fly. 
I have a recurring dream since I was little that I forgot that I owned a motorcycle. And I always go out to my dad's building and I pull out and I'm look, there's my motorcycle. I knew I had, it don't make sense. I don't get confused in my dream. It's just the way it is. You see, the fantastical becomes normal in dreamland. Well, God has brought us into the great dreamland. He has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. We've got to get past living the mundane life that we have been placed in and realize we are the habitation of God. He has set us free from our bondages and now it's like living in a dream. Verse 2. We laughed and we laughed. Not very far from now, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have a, a hands laying on service. And I'm not laying hands on nobody. Sandy Fowler's going to do it. Yeah, I said, you're going to lay hands on us all. Not today. You know why? Because I love how fast she just jumps into the glory. And I love to hear her laugh. And I love it when, when, when she, you say, well, that's just, no, 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 no. You got to understand, we got to get to the dreamland. We've got to get to that place. See, when you, live, when you understand you're living in the habitation of God, he says, we laughed and we laughed. And overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy. See, when we really understand the focus of habitation, church should be a crazy place. That there's just no point in that in church. Don't go to heaven. Because you ain't going to be separated from the rest of us. It's all going to be crazy. What do you mean it's all going to be crazy? <laughs> Read. Read. There's trumpets. There's gold. It's a party. Church is a party. When we understand that we're the habitation of God, Scott, it becomes one big party. That's why I said in Ephesians, be not drunk with wine that leads to excess but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've all got the Holy Spirit. How do you know? He says he lives in you all. You're his temple. When the Holy Spirit came down and baptized them, what did they act like? Drunks. I'm telling you folks, when you understand the habitation, you'll understand that we're not trying to create something to happen. It happens because of who we are. We laughed and we laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations saw it and did what? Joined in. Maybe they haven't joined in yet because we've let up. Maybe we ain't laughing enough. Maybe church has become too stoic. Well, who wants to go there? Dear Lord. I can be bored at home. <laughs> Maybe church shouldn't be boring anymore. 
And look what happens when the nation saw it and joined in. The Lord has done great miracles for them. I like verse 3. It's our stamp of agreement. Yes, he did mighty miracles, and we are overjoyed. The message translation of that says, and we are one happy people. This is what happens. Harvest, this is what it should look like. But it won't look like that if we're always waiting on a visitation from God and never realizing that we are the habitation of God. And when you realize that, all of a sudden things happen. You get a little giddy. Your eyes glaze over just a little bit. It starts getting hard to walk and hard to function. Well, I have never been like that a day in my life. Start focusing on God, the Trinity living in you, and see what happens. And allow yourself. You're already, he's already living in you. And allow yourself to realize that your body and your spirit already belong to him. He can do with it what he wants. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this word, Lord. Whether anybody takes it or not, Lord, I will. Because it's time for a supernatural church to arise. It's time for dreams to happen. And I release those. And I release visions. And I release that drunken glory of God. And I release people to understand that the cloud fills their temple now, Lord, and that you are in them and that they are in you and there is no separation anymore because of what Jesus done. And Father, we will happily go and tell the world that they just have to come in, that their invitation has already been given. They're already welcome and we will understand what it means to go into the highways and the byways and say, hey, come join the party. In Jesus' name, amen.